This season, we dive into the world of the known and the unknown with fresh new segments and the help of new friends. This is Mark and Rove. We need new friends. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, puppies and kittens of all ages. And speaking of puppies, hello, Mr. Fernandez. How are you? Hello there, Mr. Nelson. Thank you so much for that wonderful uh, introduction. Puppy, I will take it. Thank you. Especially yep. after having a birthday a couple days ago, I'll take anything related to being young. But uh, uh, thank you for helping me celebrate my birthday uh, the other day as well. So you are very that. welcome, sir. But we were social distancing. I'll have you know, everybody. So we were fine. We had helmets and masks on. Uh, yes, and, exactly. And around. But uh, yeah, here we are. Episode two, brother. Congratulations to you. And uh, just want to thank our viewers from episode one uh, for tuning in. We hit some phenomenal numbers. But in addition yep. to uh, the numbers, what's really most important to Mark and I is the quality of each show. So uh, uh, that's something also that we um, you know strive for. So thanks, Mark, for uh, a cool ep one. Yeah, yeah. And uh, we have a very exciting app, too, of course. Uh, mm. We are talking about, I mean, uh, we've been in in this lockdown for over six months now, I believe. Um, and one thing that uh, I guess one positive thing that's come out of it is that everyone, ha it seems like everyone has worked out some kind of side hustle. There are so many small businesses that have been popping up left, right and center. Uh, I mean, it seems like everyone has become a bakery, uh, mm -hmm. but yeah, everyone's like all of the, those uh, ancestral home cooked uh, meals, those recipes have been passed down from like great grandmother to grandmother and further down are now being sold um, on social media to, uh, to whoever wants them. And it's, it's great. It's great to see these small businesses pop up. And of course, uh, a lot of other ones as well. Good call on that. No, absolutely. So I think this uh, episode is very apt. Uh, it's for the moment. And, uh, you know, I'm so glad to have brought this one up. I'm, I'm actually, in addition to hosting this, I'm really eager to learn what uh, uh, our two guests and what you have to say as well, Mark, you being hmm. a business owner yourself. But uh, quickly, um, what things has the pandemic taught you about business? Ooh, uh, I think what it's done uh, more than anything else for a lot of people is that it's taken some of the fear out of starting a new business because it's become a necessity. Uh, so a lot of people mm -hmm. sadly have been out of work or, you know, they've at least been uh, out of work for temporarily and they need to earn an income. So maybe something that they had on the back burner before it's like, Oh yeah, maybe, you know, I could start selling these, you know, these, these goodies or grandma's, you know, you know, fa uh, famous adobo or whatever. Uh, mm -hmm. All of a sudden uh, it's, <clears throat> they haven't been given the choice. Uh, as mm -hmm. much it's like okay we need to make an extra buck we have all the time in the world which was uh maybe something that was stopping them beforehand uh mm -hmm. time is 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 a big thing and uh and they realize that maybe they don't need everything to be perfect in order to uh start something up and i think mm -hmm. a lot of the the best and most successful businesses are the ones where instead of uh waiting until you know the stars align and everything is absolutely perfect they just go for it and and make it work and I think that's what uh, we've seen a lot of the time and why there are so many startup businesses in the past few months. Yeah. Amen. You got to do what you got to do. And you know what I really appreciate about certain businesses that it would be started up by a person who like for some reason, you know, um, 
there is no shame in earning a buck. You know, you, you, uh, I, it's like, wow, I didn't think this person would, uh, um, would, would do that, would do mm. manual labor or would do, you know, you know what I'm saying? Would, would do, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't want to say, uh, I can't think of any examples, but I just had the feeling of when I saw these business entrepreneurs do that. And I'm just mm. like, I'm proud of you, bro. I didn't expect yeah. you to do that, but you got to do what you got to do, you know? So, uh, yeah. and, and I'm so glad those types of people are coming out. Yes, out of, absolutely. Out of the woodwork. Yeah. yeah. Um, and and uh, I think the one great thing about it is that uh, moving forward, uh, a lot of these people, maybe, you know, they, they do have an opportunity to go back to work, but uh, maybe some of them have, uh, have gotten the taste of what it's like to be their own boss. And um, even if they do have like a regular nine to five to go back to, but if they can do it now from home, for instance, and then also do their side business, then so much the better. And perhaps some have been so successful that they want to continue and, and create an empire. Amen. Yeah. The game has changed. You know, everybody out there, the game has changed. Uh, some of the biggest companies in the world were started in garages and living rooms. Remember that. Uh, yes. I mean, literally one of the, the biggest company now, uh, well, no, not bigger than Apple, but uh, Amazon was just started in 1973 in a one, you know, small little uh, studio, you know, so to speak, in, in, in some little warehouse, tiny warehouse and uh, with one well, computer. Well, and, speaking, and, you, you mentioned Apple earlier. Apple was, was started in a garage. Well, there you go. Exactly. Less luxurious than what Amazon started with. No, but uh, you know what? I, I love what the pandemic has taught me. Um, I think four things. It's taught me to save money. Mm. It's taught me to have multiple income streams. It's taught me that I need to marry rich. And it's also taught me that I will never learn how to spell entrepreneur. Like, I, I thank God for, uh, for spell check. Yeah. E-N-T. Yeah. 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 So, uh, yeah, multiple income streams, bro. I mean, uh, and saving yeah. money are two things that we as Pinoy's need to embrace. Um, yes. Wow. Uh, I have to admit, I am spending a lot less than I normally would. Uh, and, and, and part of it obviously is necessity. You know, like the, the work isn't the same as it was uh like uh, eight months ago because everyone was, have, has been shut down. And so I think people are watching uh, their, well, watching their pennies or rather watching their centavos a little bit more closely and, and thinking twice before making a lot of purchases and uh, making sure that the things that they buy are being used, you know, like food and so on and so forth, cooking at home or, you know, getting uh, inexpensive home cooked meals from uh, some of these small businesses and uh, yeah, it's it's great. Uh, I think a lot of people are realizing that they can make do with a lot less than what they're used to. Yes, absolutely agree with you. And uh, to my two neighbors uh, to the sides, I hate you for putting a password on the internet. Now I cannot. <laughs> now I have to pay for my internet. Damn you! But, uh... <laughs> is that is that why I always see you hanging out outside in uh, like near my garage on your phone? <laughs> Uh, yes, Mr. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight <laughs> password. <laughs> Oops, that's sorry. Hashtag just... one, two, three, four, five. <laughs> no, oh, that, that's right. Lowercase pa, lowercase pa. No, uh, but, um, you know, in, in regards to business and, uh, you know, 
I really have, I, I thought about it today and I am more, okay, there are pros and cons to living in the Philippines. And uh, one of the pros for me is this country living here has made me so much more business-minded. Like I started businesses with friends. I started businesses with you, Mark. Um, yeah. And uh, it gave me that ambition Mm. Whereas as if I lived in the States, I never really had an ambition to start a business, start a restaurant, uh, no. be my own boss. I was okay. Maybe my reason is I think I was okay with the American dream being, uh, which is basically everywhere else. Work hard, mm. have a family, um, vacation two weeks a year, own your home, retire with a nice you know, pension and, and uh, 401k and live yeah. the rest of your days um, happy, you know, but, uh, yes. and I was okay with that, but here in the Philippines, it's so much more dynamic and, and you, you can, yeah, you can do a lot more things here. And, uh, that's what I love about the Philippines. Diba? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, and I guess it, it takes, uh, uh, you also realize, uh, well, the first time that one of your businesses fails that, uh, it's not the end of the world. <laughs> I think we've both, you know, sadly invested in businesses that didn't quite work out. You know, some some work out better than others. Some don't work out at all. But um, uh, whereas I think, uh, you know, like growing up maybe in the states or in Australia, you think, oh my god, if 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 a business I put up or I invest in fails, then that's it. That's the end of me. But yeah. it's not. You can keep going and you can keep plugging away and you can, you know, build up uh, your reserves again. Um, yeah. And uh, yeah, uh, business for me is it's. It's partial gamble, uh, partial luck, and partial hard work. Uh, I think if you get two out of three of those, then you can uh, it negates the third. So uh, yeah, yeah, it depends on on which two you can uh, bank on. If you get all three, then boom, jackpot. Amen, amen again. Um, I I want to I want to bring up I just touch up on something that you brought mm. up, but I know we're gonna bring it up with the uh, with the guests because this is a word that um, yeah you're right in the Philippines it's more accepted and that's failure mm. um it's okay to fail here you can fail as many times i've seen more fails fails than w's you know and, and in yeah. my case a perfect example but yeah like you said maybe in australia or the states it's it's a bigger gamble i think there's more on the line um mm. for failure so um, um yeah uh, again i love one of the pros of living here in the philippines is just the ability to fail um often and you know pick yourself up from your bootstraps and then, and start all over again. And again, this is a topic I, I'd love to touch up with, uh, with John, oh, our guests, but, um, yes. uh, but anyway, yeah. So business in the pan during the pandemic has completely evolved. That is absolutely correct. And speaking of business in the pandemic, uh, there, we have some incredible guests joining us, uh, that know a little bit about business and a little bit about, uh, starting things up during troubling times. Uh, our first guest is an incredible young lady. I was going to say woman, but she's really a young lady. She is, uh, uh, ranked, um, uh, she was one of the 30 under 30 for, uh, Forbes, uh, list. Uh, she has started up her own business very, very successfully, uh, predominantly online. She is an incredible, inspiring woman that has uh, lots of wisdom to share. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, we give you our segment, We Need New Friends, with Georgina Carlos. And now, here's a segment we like to call, We Need New Friends. Hi, Hi Georgiana. Thanks for having me. Hi. I, I'm so sorry. I mispronounced your name. I, uh, Georgiana. You know what? Just call me George. Everybody okay. calls me George. It's a lot easier to pronounce. 
to spell, it takes up space as well. I mean, like takes up less space when if you have like a text limit or, or, or something like that. So yeah, just call me George. And yeah, just, thanks for having me here. I'm just going to call you G. Hey, G. Or that works. Hey, M. Hey, R. <laughs> that works. So, so Miss Georgiana, uh, Mark has already failed the first uh, uh, lesson in, in doing business interviews. He uh, mm-hmm. really messed up the, the name. Do his research. Yes. <laughs> yeah, that, that's, why I beca- that's why I became a host. <laughs> isn't that scary when i'm considered the smartest person on the show tonight that's a scary thought that's terrible for tonight line. <laughs> no 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 but george g boss g yes no, I, I can go with that too yeah excellent excellent uh we thank you so much for coming on board with us and helping us out uh with this topic uh we wanted to definitely get a woman's opinion on this as well in addition mm. to just a business leader but um uh start off with your passion how did you start that why is the was there a necessity for fetch yeah so um i guess a bit of a background aside from mm. fetch i also run two other businesses so i run three mm. in total fetch my office and permitly but fetch is really what i'm known for and fetch um was officially born the fetch you know today was born 2017 i actually like uh, mark that uh, actually both of you mentioned um failure because the first iteration of fetch was a failed company so fetch the first version of fetch was started in 2016 mm-hmm. i was going to create like a what's a good example you know chewy in the states like an e-commerce site but all uh, luxurious pet products, you know, really expensive like beds, things from all around the world, like those um, cat jungles, like those playthings. But mm-hmm. I did do my research as an entrepreneur. I didn't realize that the market for those products are so small or is so small. Mm-hmm. And it's so hard to ship things around here in the Philippines, especially big, bulky things. I mean, the country's made out of like how many islands, right? It's not yes. easy to bring stuff from like Luzon to Mindanao. So, that was a failed enterprise. So that we, I closed that down um, end of 2016, but I really still wanted to do something fetch or pet related, right? Mm-hmm. So, you know, research here and there, but not really taking things seriously until um, my boyfriend, now fiance, actually brought home this shampoo for me to try. The reason why he brought that shampoo home is one of my four dogs, Drogo, is the most maarte dog you have ever met in your life, okay? He is a picky eater, but he is also sensitive to everything. Like, anything here, dust, whatever, I don't know. He is the most maarte dog. So he had the skin allergy um, for the longest time, I think a year. Like, he had the cone the whole time. I've tried all the shampoos. So, okay, fiancé brings home this bottle. It works on my dog. He's like, yes, this Italian branded shampoo works well for me. And I'm like, wow, good job, dog. And I'm like, okay, should I bring this, you know, bring this in? Maybe I'll ask him, hey, can I help you import it? I look at the active ingredients and one of them is neem. A quick Mm. Google uh, search showed that neem is a tropical tree, grows in the Philippines, grows in India. So it didn't make sense, right, to bring in this really expensive, um, good shampoo from Italy when the ingredient is from here. So that's really how it started. Found people to work with. We launched officially our first batch, the name Pet Care Line, March 1, 2017. So that's how Fetch started. Awesome. (laughs) 
I what love it. Because of my Maarte dog who didn't want to use any <laughs> other shampoo. <laughs> you, uh, you know we are going to ask for you to get him uh, near you so you can grab him and, and put him on screen. Maybe he's a little in, later, a little later. But uh, yeah, uh, we, we got to move him over there. <laughs> I have four dogs, but that uh -huh. Maarte dog is here right now. It's just that he's asleep all the way there. So I'm going to bring him in here later. You know what? He <laughs> sounds just like he sounds just like my Maarte friend. He had the same problem, but instead of finding a neem product, he just shaved his head. <laughs> I wonder who it is. <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about, but I'm gonna go sleep in the corner over there right now. <laughs> that is so cool. I can't wait to meet him. Uh I, is oh, he on the logo? Cool. Is he on the logo? Please tell me, Naman, he's the logo of your uh well, He's a Bichon Frise. So you know I am not sure if you've seen that, but sometimes, right? He he sounds so fancy already. Yes. Um but <laughs> anyway, sounds so fancy. But he's a he's, sleep, he's sleeping off his pate dinner. <laughs> the fanciest dog you've met. He's On a white, second. fluffy dog, but his name is Carl Drogo. Carl Drogo. <laughs> <laughs> You're killing me. <laughs> I can't wait for you to meet him. He's a uh, tiny white Bichon Frise. His name is Cal Drogo. He'll, he'll have his palm out, Mark, and then he'll be like, Enchanté. Enchanté. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. You can kiss the ring. Kiss the ring. <laughs> <laughs> and then he'll pour a bucket of uh, molten gold over your head. Um, Fancier than me. You make him sound way fancy. <laughs> okay. So, well, tell us a little bit about um, how you started your other businesses. Did they come before or after uh, Fetch? Sure. So um, my office, Philippines, was actually started by my mom. So mm -hmm. I'm not sure if you're familiar with the co-working space uh, or co-working, what co-working uh, yes. is. But before co-working became a thing, um, there were virtual offices. So I think the most popular one that you um, probably would hear about is Regis or Servcorp. So yes. there are international brands, but at that time, 2004, there wasn't any Philippine, Filipino owned and run that really targeted mm. SMEs. So she's mm. like, you know what? Let's make one. She made one in 2004 and then she wants to kind of retire eventually. So she's like, Hey, you want to join me? I'm like, sure. So I really grew up with this boss woman. Like she was an, I grew up with an entrepreneur, a woman entrepreneur, and I've seen her build my office Philippines. And then I joined her 2014 and have been running it with her ever since. And then Permitly is a new company. I started it one year, August of last year. Mm. So Permitly tries to help entrepreneurs register their business and just making it easier for them. Just because wow. it's so complicated here. And I think um, it's actually doing well right now because, as you mentioned, a lot of people are exploring business or side hustles right during this time and mm. they can't really go out and register so we do all the forms for them it's all the transactions done online and then they just get a notification hey your permits are with us so that's what permit wow. does. oh my god that is an awesome business yeah wow. how the you. heck how the heck do we invest in that um <laughs> Uh, I well, I just want to say, I mean, you're talking about uh, this, this, this power, um, uh, this powerful um, uh, businesswoman, your your mom. Mm -hmm. Now, we realized uh, we we came across some stats recently that the Philippines ranked first among 32 countries um, uh, in a recent uh, global report, uh, with 43 percent of Filipino executives in senior senior leadership roles. Now. 
Do you see uh, this amongst a lot of the companies that you might deal with, that there are a lot of uh, Filipinas in leadership roles in the companies you deal with? Um, yeah, so I actually work with a lot of um, startups and a lot of them are run by women mm. um, or they have co-founders that are women. I think what's great about the Philippines is we are such a, I guess, matriarchal family. Like the influence of the woman is really strong here mm. in the country. I think that's why it is a lot more acceptable. There are more opportunities. There are still spaces where we can improve in, but what's great is women here are really empowered. So I, re- I remember a few years back, there were, discussions and bringing more women in tech which we Mm. should right because if you look back at least when i was in school when we have our classes um it's not necessary that you have a lot of like stem focused uh classes now schools both uh, private and public schools are trying to integrate it i met someone who started this organization called women in tech so she's Mm. this amazing uh woman who started it in high school can you imagine? And they're all student volunteers who try to integrate STEM classes or STEM programs with schools. So, yeah, she's amazing. I think she just started college this year. So, yeah, women here in the Philippines are definitely more empowered. Uh, um, just just uh, for, uh, for our viewers and also actually for Wilson and I, uh, what does STEM sure. mean? STEM, science and technology um, education, right? So it's, uh, oh my God, did I get it right? But yeah, it's basically exposing more women when it comes to, um, when I say science, it's not just your typical biology, but really um, chemistry, the mechanics behind it, technology, coding, things like mm-hmm. that, hardware, software, um, STEM education, really. So it's bringing, and it's making women realize that there is a space for them in that type of industry. I mean, growing up, I think, some people unconsciously think that, hey, these type of toys are better for boys and these type of toys are better for girls. And people don't realize these type of toys are good for all, you know? So Mm -hmm. really trying to open up that space for women, which is uh, great. And again, back to that women in tech um, organization I was talking about, they've hosted a lot of coding boot camps and things like that uh, that's open for women's school or or private uh, girls' schools. So I think that's great. That's awesome. You know, uh, uh, we we actually have a uh, a friend, uh, Evelyn Weber, uh, who mm-hmm. is uh, she's part Filipina, but um, uh, she's all about empowering uh, women financially. And and they did a study and realized that uh, as with micro loans, the mm-hmm. people that are most mm-hmm. likely to pay back the loan for a small business or something are the women. Like, and it's it's by multiples, mm-hmm. not just by percentage points. And so they started a micro loaning, uh, particularly just to uh, women in communities. Um, and uh, the the payback uh, percentages were out of this world. And it's the women's that were that were more entrepreneurial in general in a lot of the especially the provincial communities than uh, than the men. Um, so yeah, I mean, yeah, you, the women, uh, yeah, matriarchal, you guys have the brains for it. You have the drive for it. Uh, you have the passion for it. So yeah, I think um, it's really about exposure. I like that you brought up the financial thing because mm. most households, um, I'm not sure if it applies to other countries, but it's usually the woman who like, who manages the household funds. So it's really just exposing Mm -hmm. that type of exposure. That's why I think they're more comfortable or they're able to manage their funds and uh, repaying loans. So, yeah, I think that's one of the reasons why. Right, Writing on what uh, you, you just said, George and Mark, what you said, Kanina, um, I think what's also empowering and people don't realize this is if you're a woman and you own a smartphone, you have connectivity that mm-hmm. is empowering. 
you can, you can start a business right there. That is your location. You know, I mean, they say location, location, location. I believe that is the new location, location, location. It's an even playing field. The smartphone is is use it as a tool to empower. And I got this also from Evelyn Weber. She uh, it's an offshoot to her micro loans. So mm. um, just by simply having a smartphone, using it for its uh, using it for good and and uh, of, uh, having a business sense, I think is a wonderful tool. So uh, yeah, yeah, that's just more of a comment, but um, yeah, Uh, we'd like to point out, we have some wonderful and extremely smart and um, um, uh, guys that just love to ask questions. And we have one from uh, um, Philippe 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 Glaser. Yeah, he's actually uh, messaging from Austria. Uh, Oh, oh, hi. What time is it there? I have no idea. Um, I assume it's morning. Good morning. <laughs> yes. Uh, actually, he's either uh, messaging from Austria or Germany. I, I know this guy. Uh, oh, okay, a good cool. friend of mine. But uh, his question for you, George, is mm-hmm. what do you think is a good option to reduce the financial risk to go broke when the business fails? That is a hard question to answer, but because every person has, I think, their own personal threshold, you know? Um, when it comes to that, I think it's really more of having your own, some people call it a budget, maybe some people call it a cap, because mm. the reality is when you start a business, especially one that's maybe innovative or maybe that's one or not really innovative, more disruptive. When I say disruptive, think of like your Uber who disrupted certain societal mm. practices, right? It will take a while for one to transform people's behavior and two to get your money back. Every business is an investment out first. It's a it's a hungry baby. You keep on feeding it until finally it it grows up and gives you money back, right? So it's really if you're putting lucky. Yeah, right. Um so it's really putting a cap, a maximum cap, like okay, I will invest um X amount in that business. This is until how much I can take. At the same time, being realistic with your lifestyle and what lifestyle changes you may need to make. The truth mm. is when starting a business, it's not for everyone. It's good to experiment. I encourage people to, you know, to do that, especially now. I see a lot of people doing that. But it's always a high-risk game you know, when you start a business, especially if you go all in. So yeah, that's my best advice. Put a cap and then make sure that, you know, you, you um, I guess, cut costs where you can. Um, the term is bootstrapping. Some people use the term bootstrapping where you can. And then once you go above that, uh, that cap, or if you go above that cap, think, is it worth continuing this business? Should I pivot? Should I close it, start something else, you know, or start something later? Yeah, I, I think uh, this this ties in with what I was uh, mentioning earlier about uh, it's a combination of, of, of a gamble, hard work, uh, and, and luck. But the, the gambling part is uh, much the same thing. You've got to go in with a set amount. Okay, this is the amount of money that I can afford to lose and still survive. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, rather than saying, okay, I'm putting in everything, all of the, the life savings, you know, like the, the college fund, uh, mortgaging the house and everything for this one thing. Uh, you, I guess you do have to have some sort of a security blanket like, okay, if it doesn't work out, we will still survive. Exactly. Like, so back to the first failed fetch iteration. Yeah. If I kept on, you know, putting money into that, I'd be broke. I wouldn't be here. I'd probably be in the streets or something. Who knows? Because, you know, you need to know where the maximum cap is. And you need to, 
I guess, have that discernment and really reflect and think, okay, is this working? Should I pivot? Should I try mm. something else? And a lot of known, um, well-known businesses have done various ways of cutting costs. If you look at the Airbnb story, for example, mm. right? For them to survive, they were selling cereal boxes on the side, you know? So, what? Yeah, what so um, from what I remember of their story, so Airbnb, um, when they were, I think, figuring out how to make it work, how to convince people to, yes, please let people random strangers into your homes, right? To rent the room. Um, I think it was during the last USA elections, they were selling uh, cereals that they labeled, I think, Captain McCain or something. Or no, not I don't remember anymore, but like uh, uh, um, Obama and, you know, like, like named after the presidential candidates to just kind of help funnel their lifestyle while they're putting in their money, building this app, building this business. Because at that time, nobody would be like, yeah, this, letting letting strangers in my house is a good business opportunity, right? So um, <laughs> that's, I guess, one story on how people try to make it work, cut costs, and things like that. Oh, wow. wow. That, that's, that's fascinating. Um, I, actually, I have a, another question for you. Uh, sure. uh, some people have this theory that uh, an entrepreneur, or, or they discard, try and discourage entrepreneurs by saying, look, uh, someone else has come out with this product already, so you're, you're destined to fail because you're not first to market. What do you say to that? It's not, you know, just because something exists doesn't, doesn't mean there's no space in that market. It's mm. really just trying to find a way where you fit in that market or how you can differentiate yourself in that market. I mean, do you remember the Friendster era? That Facebook isn't the first social media out there. We all had friends. There, people. I asked people to write. I think the term was testimonial. I don't remember anymore. Whatever it was called, right? But friends, there wasn't. I mean, Facebook isn't the first social media, and it's not the last. You have all these new ones like TikTok that came out and Snapchat post Facebook. When I started um, Fetch, it, I wasn't the first one who released a natural line of pet shampoo, right? There were so many mm. other products available but what did i do to differentiate um one is the ingredients i used right we were i think the first local brand that really focused on neem extract not plant oils but um, aqueous extract which makes it mm. water soluble another is we had our products fda and bai registered so i'm sure you know of fda they're the food and drug administration they mm -hmm. make sure things are safe for humans bai on the other hand is bureau of animal and industry they make sure things are safe for animals. Our product is registered for both. So that's one of our differentiators as well. So and I can I'll, use your shampoo on my head? Yes, because that is the shampoo I use. And please tell me that my hair looks amazing. <laughs> but your yes, hair uh, looks amazing. Thank you. I it, appreciate it ha that. <laughs> it has such a nice shiny coat, George. Yeah, it does. <laughs> thank you. Is that the comment you wanted to hear from us? Yes, no. that is the comment I wanted to hear. <laughs> yeah. And it no. looks so free of fleas. <laughs> <laughs> Can't come near me and my four dogs. <laughs> Although I am worried about you, George. Uh, we might have to put a cone on you for the rest of the show. <laughs> You've been uh, touching things that you shouldn't be. No, oh, but no. <laughs> listen, I, I, uh, we have so many wonderful things to touch up on. Um, and we can talk business forever because Mark and I are huge fans. But we have to get into this topic a little bit before we move on. And, um, you know, it's mm -hmm. it's. You, you, it's clear that you deserve 30 under 30 Forbes Asia. Thank now, you. 
We have to debunk the myth, though, that why is it your generation gets such a bad rap for being lazy and not ambitious? And, you know, you're one of the uh, unicorns, so to speak, to, to actually, uh, you know, be opposite of that. Why do you guys get such a bad rap? And what's your take on that? First of all, I like that you called me a unicorn because that really usually means like when related to startups, it's like this big billion dollar business. While I'm not there, I will assume Mm -hmm. that is my future. So I will take that. Thank you so much. Mm -hmm. And to, uh, to answer your question, I really don't know. But I think when it comes to a generation calling another generation, whether it's the boomer generation, Gen X, Gen Z, whatever, whenever it's a, one comparing the other, since they're always so different, people just kind of get weirded out on why they act so differently. Why do they work so differently, Like, right? So I'm assuming maybe the previous generation didn't understand or they still don't understand that us using our phones doesn't mean we're just scrolling Facebook aimlessly, right? It could also mean we're checking on something else. We are actually working using our phones right now. Just because we don't do a nine-to-five schedule anymore doesn't mean that how we work because most uh, millennials, when we work, it's a lot more fluid, it's meaning mm-hmm. we work from 8 to 12, have lunch and catch up with friends from 12 to 3, then work all the way at night, right? Just because it's a more fluid schedule doesn't mean we're not as hardworking. I think what happened there is really more of a misunderstanding on the work style of one generation versus the other. I love it. Let's see what... They would call fluid nowadays. My parents would have called lazy ass. You know, <laughs> out in eight hours, you son of a bitch. You know, don't, don't give me this luxury. <laughs> yes, but if we had cell phones back then, or Wilson, you would have been scrolling Facebook. You weren't working. <laughs> I would have been adding things to cart, and that's work, Mark Nelson. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, if it's your called, parents uh, so they can pay research. for it. Oh, right. Yes, yes. Good research. Oh, I like that. I'm totally going to use that. She's on my side. I love it. (laughs) Oh, geez. Um, Yeah, (laughs) there's so many many, um, questions that we have for uh, someone like you. Uh, One of them is, uh, I guess, uh, the youth factor. Uh, The fact that um, people that are older than you are sometimes afraid to take that first step to become an entrepreneur, do you think that uh, your generation has a little bit more guts and gusto to take risks, or is it just uh, just because of maybe like the uh, the environment at the moment? I think it's a bit of both. You know, if you are exposed to someone, um, or if you see more people taking risks, and then if they fail, and the way people react um, would be like, "Hey, it's okay, you tried." the more people will be encouraged to to take risks, right? Mm. So I mentioned my mother is an entrepreneur. She started her business, I think, mid-40s, which is also still a risk, right? Yeah. Um, a lot more people when they're older, um, I, I guess I do admit, based back to your um, other comment, that when they're older, it's a different type of risk, getting out of your comfort zone on what you have already established and then mm. starting again from scratch. So I saw her take that risk, and I guess... I can speak as I speak for myself. Since she took at risk, I felt less scared to just jump. And again, I had a failed business that we we lost money on that too. But I didn't, you know, nobody made me feel like, oh, poor you, you failed and don't ever try that again because you're not good at it, right? So yeah, I think it's really a big bit of exposure. 
And since a lot of millennials can see that through the internet, most of us are taking risks and also the younger generation, Gen Z. Yes, if we if we all listen to people that said you're no good at that, don't ever do it again, then Revilson and I wouldn't be hosts today. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> Amen. George, thank you so much. Oh my goodness. Um, we'd love to talk forever with you in regards to this, but uh, we're going to have to put you in the green room really quickly and uh, get to our next segment, if you don't mind. But George, thank you so much for imparting some wonderful wisdom on us. Thank you as well, Bye. guys. See you later. We'll see, you in a little all right. see you in a bit. Ladies and gentlemen. All right, let me get into our uh, next host immediately, Mark. Is that okay? Yeah, go right ahead. Because I have been waiting for the world to hear this guy. Um, he is just multi-talented, and and um, he's going to be one of. If Forbes had a you know forty uh, fabulous under forty, he is he definitely needs to be heading in this list. So um, with that being said, I mean he is a host, a sportsman a Spartan, a social entrepreneur, the producer of CNN Philippines' longtime running series, The Final Pitch, and soon-to-be book author, Mark. Wait, hold on. Actually, I don't know if I'm allowed to say that yet, but cat's out of the bag. He's a book author, everybody. He is, he is, uh, uh, his resume is insane. Ladies and gentlemen, a warm Mark and Roll welcome to Mr. John Aguilar. Hi, guys. Hey, John. Hello, hello. <laughs> So, so we, are we allowed to ask you to autograph our copy of your uh, yet-to-be-released book that he's just announced? Ugh. You weren't supposed to, but it's, it's fine. <laughs> <laughs> oh We're God, kidding. Me, but We're yes, kidding. Um, uh, it is, it is uh, an article that's coming out on the internet. Uh, it'll be coming out in, uh, in Bulgar or Belita or, or yeah, one of those. Um, but it's, it's going to be awesome because um, uh, this bald guy over here is going to be in it. So yeah, it it, uh, so it, it, sounded, it sounded awesome until you said that. <laughs> <laughs> so John is writing a coloring book, basically. That's the... <laughs> yes, it's it's very easy to just draw, you know, a circle with sticks. So you know, I, yes, I get the yeah, yeah, that 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 really pretty much reveals yeah. on a circle with sticks. <laughs> <laughs> well, the way the way this pandemic is going, it's more like two circles, no sticks. <laughs> <laughs> Jeez. John, I love you, brother. Thank you for your time. I know you're a busy Thanks. person, but we appreciate Thanks it. for having me here, man. Thank you. Thank you for the invite. Yeah. No, uh, well, hey, John, I'm, I'm going to go uh, straight into it, John. Um, for those of you that are not familiar with you, even after Revilson's uh, stellar introduction there, uh, what are some of the businesses that you are involved with, uh, just so people get an idea of the scope of what you do? Yeah, sure. So um, I started out as a TV producer. So I, I, I produce my own TV shows. Um, mm -hmm. I started out uh, mid 2000s with uh, this show called Philippine Realty TV. So it's now on its 18th season. We started out. Wow. We've transferred yeah. it to CNN Philippines. And, and that's like a long running show for us where we feature the different projects of the developers. And we also build houses on the show. Mm. And, and interestingly, the, the reason why I came up with a, my own TV production company was uh, back in the early 2000s, I was really interested in TV and writing. And I tried out for this uh, TV show called Game Plan, right? And oh, back then, they had horrible show. For hosts. Oh, yeah, I agree. They, they, had, they had an audition for hosts. And I was up against this um, guy, Rove, Rove I, I forgot, but to totally. Uh, oh, yeah, that, that guy. Philam guy, right? Yeah, yeah, he got the job. He what? got the job. I think, yeah, 
I don't, oh. I, don't I don't know why. Uh, I don't yeah, know what why. it's on that guy. Uh, Could never figure that out. Other show called uh, Sports Limited. I, Sports Unlimited. Oh yeah, that 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 was awesome. Yeah, there was there was an uh, there was an excellent uh, host there. What what was the name? Diane. <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. And and this this guy, I think he was just hired for like two weeks with. Who has an eight pack? I mean, that guy's, I, I don't know, I forget his name, but. Um, He's just stuffing panda cells under his skin. I know what it is. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But, 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 but in all seriousness, I, I started out just really loving the TV medium. So uh, we did uh, Philippine Realty TV, and now we have uh, the final pitch also on CNN Philippines. It's like the local version of Shark Tank and The Apprentice mm-hmm. combined. So we get a lot of startups to pitch to us, and, and we have our investor judges hear out their pitches and eventually invest in their business. So, um, yeah, uh, I've, I've been doing a lot of, um, other things apart from that, but mainly the, the businesses that I've opened up were largely spawned from the TV shows that I produce. So it's, Oh, wow. um, Yeah. So that's your, that's your like seed, uh, your, your seed show. So when, uh, when a business comes up or they present, you're like, that's going to be a winner. Okay. Yes. I'm going to invest in that. Correct. Or sometimes it's the other way around. I get into an industry starting off with a TV show, but then again, the intention is to eventually participate in that industry. So mm. that's kind wow. of like the history of how uh, we've been producing TV shows the past couple of years. Wow. wow. You're, you're basically an incubator, but you're using television and all the hoopla as, as a, you know, the driving element of it. And, and, and you're having fun. You are clearly having fun uh, growing with other people, incubating them and, and enabling them, right? Is, is that in a nutshell what you're doing? Yeah, it's, it's, it's a lot of fun. As you guys know, that the TV medium mm-hmm. is, is so dynamic. Uh, there's so many elements to it, just even the storytelling aspect of, of creating and, and putting a show out there. Um, mm-hmm. The big bonus is that we get to participate in different industries, like with real estate. Um, we've, uh, we, we kind of ran into uh, a dilemma at the early phase or start of our show. A lot mm. of our advertisers wanted to pay us, pay us in barter, right? So they wanted to pay us, for example, for construction materials in, in tiles or in bathroom fixtures or in toilets, right? So uh, it, was, uh, it was a struggle, but eventually uh, the light bulb moment came and I figured, what if we use all of these materials that were being paid to us and actually build houses through these payments that are being made. So uh, that's how we started building houses on, on Philippine Realty TV. So through the years, we've been doing uh, different concept homes. Uh, mm-hmm. We built my, my, uh, back in 2009 what was, what was my first home, which I turned into a book eventually. Um, and then uh, we built a green home as well. Uh, oh, wow. We built a flood adaptive smart home that was a, um, a direct offshoot of, of of Ondoy, essentially. So we had a floatable carport that will allow your car to float in the event of another flood. I saw that. Awesome. Yeah. Isn't isn't this guy, uh, I have a crush on this guy. (laughs) I fucking love John. I'm sorry to interrupt, bro, but I have a crush on you, dude. You're killing it, man. Wow, keep going, keep going. Thank God you didn't get that job with Game Plan. <laughs> that was um I think things happen for a reason. And um dude, 
Revilson, I'm glad you got the job because um, <laughs> <that's failure. laughs> um otherwise yeah, that could be you, Revilson. <laughs> oh, I want a floating house too. <laughs> <laughs> so so right now we're we're uh, we're building uh, Project Smart Home 2.0, which is a, a high-tech smart home that is also responsive to the things that are happening right now to us. So so um we are actually building out um, a, a home gym as well as a home office uh, apart from the other smart features that um, is a necessity uh, really in, in the time of the, the pandemic. So, so that's kind of like our, our, our little baby right now that we're finishing uh, hopefully before, before Christmas. So I'm going to assume uh, solar panels, home garden, like uh, yeah, vegetable patch. Uh, yes, yeah, got it. All of that's, that. That's exactly, yes, all of that yeah. and, and more, we hope. So um, um, I saw Mark's face as you described everything you you've done. Uh, uh, just a touch up on on his uh, elaborate resume. But um, one thing I'd like to point out also is you remind myself of one of our former bosses. Mark and I had a boss that we thought was absolute genius. He created a TV show, several global TV shows, where if you enter in it. Um, the fact that you're entered on, on this show and you get featured out to millions of people across the world, um, you are under contract to him at, and his company is, was called Psycho Productions, I believe, and yeah. because his name is Simon Cowell. So, oh. and, and it, you remind me in the way you are being an entrepreneur and a producer and an incubator of uh, businesses, uh, you are like a Simon Cowell where you, you are doing pretty much the same um, uh, formula. Do you did you know that? Did you study up about him, or is this something that came to you, or no, is this uh, Monica's idea? <laughs> of course, <laughs> the wife. It's always the wife's side. No, uh, yeah, yeah, my, my very supportive wife, Monica. Mm -hmm. I could not do this definitely without her support. Um, she is the wind beneath my wings, and um, uh, you know, no man is an island, man. Uh, I can't do all of this without my team, without my wife, Monica, and. Um, Simon Cowell was not uh, top of mind when I was starting mm -hmm. all of these things that I was doing. In fact, um, my, my idol that time was really um, uh, Mark, Mark Burnett. So nice. the, yeah. uh, Mark Burnett yeah. was really like, you know, I was trying to go after the trajectory of his, his business, his career. Yeah. And uh, the model by which Simon Cowell based um, the X Factor on is, is yeah. pretty amazing. Um, in fact, that's kind of like, um, what our model is moving forward with the final pitch, which is our business reality show, um, the way that he was able to scale um, that show across the world is how we are planning on scaling also the final pitch. So right now, the final pitch is in the Philippines, but our plan um, by next year is to be able to scale it across um, ASEAN. So we're coming up with the final pitch ASEAN, which is a way for us to be able to not just um, hear the pitches of Filipinos, but eventually to have different investors represented in the show, which is mm. going to be the first ASEAN business reality show in the region. And wow. also hear pitches from, um, you know, startups from Singapore, the Philippines, Thailand, Malaysia, Indonesia, and Vietnam, and eventually have um, regional investors also hear out their pitches. That's so, awesome. Uh, it's, 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 it's pretty ambitious, but we feel that it's something that we really need. Um, we need to be able to foster cross-border investments and trade. So I think now that we're in, a, uh, I guess, a faster, um, we've gotten to the digital age faster because of this pandemic. Uh, 
Yeah. And uh, we feel that I think now really is the right time to come up with a show that um, I guess is, is inspired from The Apprentice, but in a lot of ways is uh, more suitable for the local context. Because um, I, as the producer and the host of the show, I do not degrade uh, people as much. No, I do not. I, that's that's my style. Like I think that's the main difference between Simon Cowell and myself. Yeah. Um, us Asians were a little bit more sensitive. Um, I would say, yeah, sensitive. Um, Filipinos in particular, uh, onion skin, and um, I think there's a different approach to how we can uh, encourage uh, talent here in Asia, particularly the Philippines. So I think um, getting the best of uh, you know these uh, foreign influences and just really um, uh, putting that in the local context. I think is something that's um, going to be working um, in, in the in the future seasons that we're going to be doing the show. Okay, John. Now, wait, wait, oh, sorry, go ahead, bro. Mark, Mark, from a, from a producer, you got me thinking. Producer stand, uh, producer wise, why don't for the next season you add a, another judge, and it's you, but you're dressed in drag, and we don't know if it's you, but you are. This is the like the person that you want to be, but you can't be because you're John Aguilar. But you know, you 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 take up another persona, and you you know you rip them, and you give them you give them honest. Feedback, though, Naman, but you do it in a funny, elaborate, you know, RuPaul way. I think ratings for season nine, I think that would be awesome. I volunteer Mark and I for this, by the way, um, and our friend Definitely. Dax. <laughs> that, that would be 100%. I can already see the poster for it. I mean, yes, yes. John, That's John, I just, I just want to point out two things that Revilson has said within the last five minutes. One, that he has a crush on you, and two, that he wants you to dress in drag. Are you sure you want him on your show? I said um, both of us in drag, buddy. Get it right. As long as, as long as you bring out the guns, right? So that's a prerequisite. You bring out the guns, and... Uh, Mark, you shave the hair and Rovilsa and you grow your hair back. <laughs> Mohawk. <laughs> I love it. Make it happen. I love it. Wait, John, now, like if you bring uh, the final pitch to the whole of ASEAN, obviously you're going to have a lot more businesses to, uh, to choose from and to invest in. And I'm sure that you have a bunch that you are involved with at the moment. So, I've got to ask, how on earth do you balance multiple jobs, projects, businesses, that the whole shebang? Because uh, I have a hard enough time juggling my schedule. Yeah, you know, it's, it's, it's quite a challenge. Um, I'm very lucky that I have the most wonderful wife in the world. Um, I, I'm sure you've read somewhere that, you know, uh, for someone to be successful, well, I don't want to have specifics of gender, but... Mm. Um, for me to be able to do what I do, I really have a solid team. And that begins with my wife, Monica. I mean, right now we have children. We have, can you just imagine the kind of work it takes to just supervise the household and, um, you know, the kids. So she takes care of a lot of that and more because she's also my business partner. So to have a superwoman behind you really, at least to me, is key to how I'm able to juggle all of these things. I mean, to have a conscientious wife and partner is mm -hmm. really a blessing more than anything else. And I think apart yeah. from that, it's also um, just really just the sheer determination of not giving up because I've had a lot of failures in the past. And I know that success is directly um, 
proportionate to the kind of work and the amount of work that I give to whatever endeavor that I, I enter. So whether that's a TV show, uh, a new podcast, or a new book, the success of it all will really depend on how much I just really focus and, and just really give it my all, uh, despite mm. the, the, the challenges that I'll be facing. So that's kind of been the mentality uh, ever since I, I started uh, to become an entrepreneur. And, and it's a never-ending struggle and, and blessing as well to be able to put yourself in such a position. Awesome. Speaks, speaks absolute truth. Um, I, I just would like to add, um, of course, he had a very public divorce. And this was, of course, Jeff Bezos, who is uh, right. now the richest man in the world. And his divorce, um, I loved it because he didn't even fight it. He Because his wife built Amazon with him. Yeah. And, you know, not all marriages, unfortunately, uh, end happily ever after, but uh, they had an amical breakup and he was like, she gets half. No problem. She deserves it. She helped me build that. And uh, that was that was a wonderful I thought that was a wonderful thing. You know, two adults getting together. Isn't it great that you have so much money, you give half of it and you make her the richest person in the world <laughs> and you're still the richest person in the world if you, even if you give half that's how much wealth we're talking about and i found it um just hilarious and so fitting and and it was honestly a love story a silicon valley love story where both the happy endings happen diva but uh right enough about happy endings yeah, the show yeah. mark territory <laughs> <laughs> Uh, well, you're the one that's bringing up uh, drag. Um, okay, so I, there's there's another question we want to ask you. Like uh, 2020, I mean, maybe after, actually even during the pandemic and then the recovery after the pandemic, uh, they're saying that uh, this will be the, the time of sustainable business. Now, do you agree with this? And, and by sustainable, I mean uh, not necessarily just uh, just purely environmentally, but uh, having the the circular economy, uh, would you agree with that? You know, I feel that um, businesses that will be successful moving forward are those that will really answer um, the kind of big questions that we're all grappling with right now. How do you come mm -hmm. up with a business that will make it seamless for um, uh, the 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 movement of goods and services to your service, meaning the value chain? of your business to be integrated into your very core business. So, you know, in the past, we've found that a lot of um, uh, companies would rely on China, for one, would rely on other countries um, uh, to be able to access um, the kind of economies of scale that you would get from outsourcing. But now we find that there's um, uh, a lot of companies transitioning to a new way of looking at, um, uh, you know, the global economy, um, mm. having more decentralized uh, sources of, um, uh, goods and services, which I think in, in the future would uh, bode well for uh, numerous economies. And I think the Philippines in particular is going to benefit a lot from that because a lot of our neighbors right now and even uh, you know from the West, they're really looking at the Philippines right now as a legitimate um, and reliable source of not just uh, knowledge uh, process outsourcing, but you know physical goods that we as Filipinos are, are you know more than capable of, of producing. So I feel that moving forward um, in the new economy after this pandemic, the Philippines is really poised for exponential growth. Uh, um, and, and this is echoed by a lot of economists who feel also that the Philippines is poised 
um, to be able to receive a lot of that demand moving forward. So um, it's it's going to be exciting. It's going to be an exciting mm. couple of years for the Philippines. I I, I feel. That's awesome to hear. I'm I'm so excited to to hear that. And uh, yeah, I mean the Philippines has so much potential. So it'd be it'd be amazing for uh, to see it uh, reach some of that. What uh, do you think? Uh, just one last question before we move on to the next segment. Um, what do you think are some of the things that uh, that should be put in place as a country in order to fully take advantage of uh, that sort of an opportunity on a global scale? Yeah. Well, apart from the the hiccups we're we're having with the telcos, I mm. feel that we have to be able to address the kind of uh, education that you know the young people right now are receiving. You know, we have mm. to be able to transition to um, uh, the kind of education where we know already what our next generation, the kind of skills that they will have to um, have, the kind of skill sets that they will have and this is really uh, coming from what George uh, mentioned earlier about STEM and all that we have to really educate uh, the next generation on you know the the new generation jobs that will be more in demand in the future in the future AI will practically make coding irrelevant uh, but I'm talking more of um, other skill sets such as humanities you know learning to be able to deal with the technology not just knowing the technology per se so I feel that um, as Steve Jobs was a scholar of so many things, I, I think also being a generalist um, mm. will also help us, um, you know, uh, be able to determine what is going to be the new trend uh, in different industries, I think, in the future. So I think having an open mind um, will help us as students, as, as business leaders. And um, yeah, it, it's just um, exciting to, to, to try to imagine where we will be uh, the next five, ten years um, in terms of our education system and and where uh, you know the the next generation is heading, I'm so glad we brought in um, George and John to just you know let give us the lowdown on what is what is going on. There's still still yeah. so many things I wanted to touch up on because he is privy because of the nature of his show. He is so privy to seeing what the latest and greatest ideas are. Yes. So if you saw the latest, his latest uh, season, and he's working on a new season, I mean, he, he, oh my goodness, he just created a wonderful way to see and, 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 and um, uh, collaborate with the newest technologies and ideas. Brilliant, right? Yeah, I, I love it. I was listening to it going, I'm, je I'm so jealous. I would, I would, number one, love to have that opportunity. And number two, have the funds to be able to invest into all of those great opportunities that, that must come up from the show. Yeah, absolutely. Exactly. Hey, we can talk to him about that a little later. <laughs> really, you know, um, but I love his ambition, too. He wanted to also go, you know, uh, across the region. Again, yeah. he may he may not be using Simon Cowell as his uh, primary, um, you know, um, uh, inspiration model. Yeah, yeah, inspiration or model, uh, business model, but he's on that path because, and why not? It's the path to success. It's, it's yeah. what he's doing is, is fantastic. Um, and, and I just wanted to tell him that we're available to host, uh, <laughs> any, we will learn Vietnamese. We will learn Cambodian. We will learn whatever damn language he wants. Uh, <laughs> damn this internet. Wait, wait, shouldn't we first learn Tagalog? <laughs> <laughs> 
Well, yeah. okay naman yung Tagalog mo. Ano ba? Like, you're gonna learn Vietnamese. You've been here for 20 years. You haven't learned Tagalog yet. <laughs> Vietnamese, Tagalog, it all blends in. It sounds very Malayan, Malayan. Yeah. Whatever. Oh, jeez. Um, but you know, I found, I found it very interesting what he said that uh, it's important to be to teach our next generation or even the current generation to be generalists. I love that term, a generalist. So you're not uh, you're not uh, specific to any particular path, but you are. Uh, what is that old saying? Jack of all trades, but master yeah. of none. But yeah. I think if you know enough of each trade that you can uh, appreciate and identify the benefit and when it is beneficial. Um, then, uh, then that puts you ahead of someone that is so focused only on one path. Uh, uh, so I really like that, uh, that he said that. And I, I do hope that, um, uh, more people learn to be generalists in the future, yeah. but you know what, we're going to bring him back, uh, for a little segment that we're going to do. And, uh, we're going to be doing, start off the segment with, uh, Georgiana or George or G as we like to call her. Um, mm-hmm. ladies and gentlemen, this is a brand new segment uh called drop down and uh basically the uh the basics of the the segment is when you do a google search of a term uh it auto completes sometimes and you see a list in a drop down menu of all the things that uh is the most search item so this ladies and gentlemen is our drop down <laughs> all right let's uh let's hit it uh with the drop down yeah and Phrase is our entrepreneurs. Uh, and by the way, the Revilson, just so you know, that's how you spell entrepreneur. <laughs> there's that three E's? There's four E's. Four E's. Oh, there's four E's. Oh, yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I'll never it's spell okay. it. It's <laughs> okay. Our English. <laughs> We're going to have a contest later of how who can spell it. The fastest, okay, including you, Georgia. Oh no, I was never good in school, but here we are. Okay, okay, so the comment is Are entrepreneurs born, not made? Uh, okay, uh, George, as uh, as a guest and uh, ladies first, but also okay. gives us more time to think because we're stupid. <laughs> Definitely, I think it's um, the second one entrepreneurs are made, it's through really exposure. Um, it's through uh, who you see. It's through learning, through experience. I am a psychology major. I never, I never learned how to do business, right? So I'm speaking from my experience. My first job, I was a teacher, and I was horrible at it. So sorry to my students who might be seeing this, who were scarred for life. I no, they're homeless best. now. They're, 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 <laughs> I they're tried my this. best. They're going to oh come to you for jobs now. You're like, I couldn't get a job because of what you taught me or what you didn't teach me. So you owe me. <laughs> I'm so sorry. <laughs> I tried. Um, but yeah, definitely entrepreneurs are made. And it's something, and being an entrepreneur means you're open to learning every day. You, you're not born into it. You have to be willing to learn every single day. Um, based on the experiences you go through or based on experiences of others, what you see, the trends. So definitely entrepreneurs are made and not born. Mm. Yeah, okay. I agree 100%. agree 100%. Uh, but but I, I would just like to say, though, that uh, there are some 
lucky ass people who are born into an entrepreneurial family or into a family business. And, yes. you know, for those that have that upper hand, um, you are so fortunate, you know, good for you. Um, I really appreciate the ones that take that, you know, the helm and, and run with it. And I'm kind of disappointed with the ones that um, um, I don't judge because maybe business wasn't their thing, but it, it, if they, if they didn't have the same knack as their forefathers did in running that business, then so be it. But uh, to be born into it is also very lucky. That's yeah. true. Uh, but I think, I think more important than actually being born into mm-hmm. a family business is being born into a family that has, as you mentioned, Revilson, the entrepreneurial spirit. Uh, like uh, George, you, your mom had the entrepreneurial spirit to start up a business and that inspired you to start up your own as well. Um, so that's great. And yeah, maybe some people that uh, are born into too much comfort don't mm. uh, have the entrepreneurial spirit there strongly enough, perhaps. Um, so mm. yeah, there, there's an advantage and disadvantage there as well. But uh, absolutely, yes, made. All right, let's see the next one. What is the next one? Entrepreneurs are entrepreneurs are doers, not thinkers. Do you believe that entrepreneurs are doers, not thinkers, or the other way around? I think it depends on the entrepreneur because there's this uh, saying that um, uh, we we took up when I, when I took up my master's. There are some entrepreneurs who are. Uh, ready, fire, aim. So in which case, sometimes mm. not thinking it can actually yeah. be a good thing because if you overthink, sometimes um, the urge to do something is, um, I guess, is dead end. Sometimes it really pays to just do something and see if it's going to work or not. So I think sometimes overthinking can lead to you actually having an analysis paralysis, which, which can be detrimental to you actually starting something from from scratch so i think it can be a good thing sometimes but also on the other end of the spectrum you also have to before uh going into something really try to assess um the business uh from the perspective of someone who is also uh not in it so that entails a lot of research so Hmm. you know there are two sides to the coin and i and i i think uh, depending on how you are built as a person and as an entrepreneur. Um, either way, I think, can work, but either way can also uh, be detrimental to how you start your business. So uh, I think it's a, it's a case-to-case. Okay, uh, John, I want, I want to ask, um, uh, do you recognize which, uh, which frame of mind you lean towards more in that regard? Are you more of a detail guy or are you more of a, all right, I'm going to go for it and figure it out on the fly? Yeah, I think I like to do uh, preliminary research, mm-hmm. but I also like testing certain things, right? Like I would, I would kind of build like a prototype of something, regardless whether it's a show or, you know, a new, a new business. I try to kind of create something first to show people and try mm-hmm. to get their feedback. And, and sometimes I put it out there, like my real estate show, uh, I remember back in 2007, mm-hmm. I came out with a four-episode pilot um, with absolutely no sponsors just to put it out there. Spent um, you know, a lot of money just to make sure that I had something out there. And from there, that's when I started to sell the show. So I think had I thought things over and just you know waited for everything to just fall into place, I think I would not have started that show to begin with. So 
I think it's good to gamble on yep. coming coming up with uh, an MVP or a minimum viable product, and just seeing if it flies or not. Because you'll never really know if it's a if it's a hit or not until you try. Okay. Uh, how about how about you, George? Which would you say that you are? Um. Well. To answer the question, I kind of want to cheat and give a different answer, if that's okay. Oh, absolutely. Um, I, I'm going to, I'd rather call it entrepreneurs are constant learners, just because sometimes when you make a decision, there's still that split second of, okay, this decision or this decision, right? Which entails thinking. And when you make that decision, you learn again through the experience of, or the, you know, because based on what happens right mm-hmm. after that. That, that decision, right? So I think it you can't really separate both. Both tend to happen sometimes at the same time or like right one after the other. So you can't really um, separate them at like black and white, right? So yeah, yeah, I think I'd rather call entrepreneurs as constant learners, you know, either they're doing something and they learn while doing it or they think first and they're learning something new while they're thinking and then they do it. So yes. Okay. Awesome. All right. awesome. Let's move on to the next one. If yeah. that's okay. Guys, yeah. uh, next line item are entrepreneurs, academic and social misfits. Um, I All just right. would like to add really quickly before we uh, toss that to either George or John. Isn't it? Funny and ironic that all the most of the CEOs that we do hear about are all Harvard dropouts or didn't continue school or, you know, I mean, as much as I value education and we all value education, again, the one the big names never really finished college. Um, They were enrolled in the biggest colleges in the world, but it, it just wasn't their thing. And they just thought of, hey, let's just start the business. School is actually getting in the way to each their own. With that being said, who would like to take this question? Um, Ladies okay. first. Go okay, joking. I'll go. I'll go. Uh, I'll go first. Teacher um, of the year, 1968, Miss <laughs> George Carlos. I'm so sorry to those students. I love you dearly, but I'm really sorry. Anyway, to answer, um, to answer the question, I guess I'll slight cheat again. I'm so sorry, but I'll say both, just because, again, with what you said, some um, entrepreneurs they tend to leave school, not because school is not important, right? Mm. But because they saw the opportunity and they didn't go through the linear path. Um, I would also like to say that just because they leave the school doesn't mean that it's, you know, school is, people could skip school. I think it's really more of, they're an academic misfit since the type of schooling, especially here in the Philippines that we have, is not suited for everyone. You know, it's still very blackboard-based, teacher telling 40 students these things. It's not as hand on, hands-on or maybe suited for the different learning styles of each kid. So I think that's also something to consider why entrepreneurs are academic misfits. They kind of realize that they, they're not going to learn um, through that traditional uh, process and they're going to learn more by actually trying out and building the business you know which works for them and then social misfits also because definitely you've you've heard of a lot of businesses that you know freaked industries out because of the way they're doing things when uber started every taxi company um just started hating on them because they're disrupting how we live or how we um how a certain lifestyle is same thing maybe with airbnb right even with um, social media in the beginning, a lot of maybe the older generation um, are thinking, are you sure you want to put your fo- your face and your profile on the internet where everyone can see it? And now it's, it's a necessity, um, which I, I think is great also. And it's because of these social misfits 
our the way we do things, the way we live constantly changes. You're here. Yeah. Cheers to the risk takers. John, what's your take, buddy? Yeah, for me, the the academic part, I think, are both as well. So I'd, I'd rather uh, focus on social mits, misfits. No, um, hmm. I, I strongly feel that entrepreneurs um, are not social mits, misfits just because of the fact that um, if you're a really good entrepreneur, I think more than anything, you're a really good salesperson. So I think socially, you know the nuances of talking to people, of trying to find out what makes people tick, what their motivations are. So I think um, deep down inside, they have a very good sense of um, how to convince people of the merits of their business of the, or of their offering. So I feel like socially, um, maybe some, like for me, for example, I'm, 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 I'm extroverted when it comes to work or when it comes to business, but I'm really a very private person. Like I really value my privacy. I would rather... Most nights, I just stay home. I mean, even without the pandemic, right? I, I really value the, the kind of solitude that comes with um, just being by myself or, or with a family. But I feel like socially, I think to be a really successful entrepreneur, you have to have a very good grasp of uh, human nature and, and, and really communicating with people because that's a skill that um, all great entrepreneurs possess. Right. Mm. Um, if you are good with people, um, there is a highly, uh, there's a very high chance that you will also be successful in business. Just because, whatever business you are going to get into, you will always, always be dealing with people and their 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 you know idiosyncrasies and 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 and, and all that. So I feel mm. like um, that is integral in part and parcel of being an entrepreneur, regardless of how big or how small your business is. Okay. Yeah. Awesome. This, um, yeah, Revolson, go ahead. You know what? You brought this up. This is a follow-up question to either of you. Um, of course, how business was done back in the day was back in the day, a few months ago, um, seeing eye to eye handshake, maybe a hug, uh, a round of golf after our drinks, working out together. Sometimes these uh, rituals, business rituals, sway the decision between a merger or a, or a billion dollar deal or what have you. Now, because of the way the pandemic has made us do business only online and two dimensionally, can we still achieve that? Is that, 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 that personal level? Uh, do we have to remaster how to be suave online, two dimensional now? What, 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 what's, what's, what do we do? How do we navigate this? Yeah. You know what? I feel very strongly about this question just because at the start of the pandemic, I was one of those people who was really struggling, right? It was really so hard for me just because I'm so used to having, you know, uh, 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 an audience or someone mm -hmm. across me, across the room, um, uh, responding to the things that I say. But I found that through the months of this pandemic, that's, that's, that's a crutch that I can no longer rely on and say that it is uh, the result of some deals not going my way. Because I've found that in the last maybe month or two, there were some really um, substantial deals that I was able to close online. And, and the beauty, mm. beautiful part of it is that um, I would never have gotten certain meetings where I would have, let's say, um, uh, five, six product managers um, in a meeting with me um, with less than a week's notice. 
and have them all listening and hanging by every word I said, just because I knew that, you know, uh, they were there and they, you know, they had access to me. And um, it was a very, I think, powerful wake up call for me to not um, think already that, you know, not having that personal connection is a crutch or, or is a disadvantage. I feel that people by now are getting used to it. It's not ideal. There is no handshake, but still you're looking at the person. I think the sincerity, the passion comes out um, regardless. I think it can. It's something, it's a learned skill. And, and I feel that in time, we will get better at it. We will get back to the shake hands. But for now, this will have to do. We don't have a choice, but we have to move forward. And, and you know, I think uh, the past couple of weeks and, and months have been um, a wake-up call for me to just not use it as, as an excuse anymore because, you know, we have to, we have to move on. And mm. this is a very strong statement that I'm saying that, you know, we can and we should uh, push through with the deals that we're, we're thinking of. Yeah, One thing I think, I, oh, go ahead, sorry. George. I just want to add on that. I think the great thing about entrepreneurs is we're so resilient. Mm. We will find ways to get things done. You know, um, my own experience during the pandemic, um, I have this program under Fetch called the Petpreneur Program. So basically, they're my ambassadors slash distributors slash resellers. And we actually grew during the pandemic and we actually added a few more stars under our belt. And you'd think this wouldn't happen when everything is closed. But I think it's, again, back to what John was saying, like, it is difficult at first. But when you really want something to be done, we as entrepreneurs, we find ways to get it done. And yes, it's difficult. It's kind of strange for a while to get used to speaking to someone through a screen for the longest time, right? You can't get the same bodily body cues right, that you're used to. But um, yeah, so I think Fetch was based on my experience with Fetch, we were able to do that. So we'll see how how else we will evolve. For sure, it will evolve in, in the future. Yeah, that's a that's a very good point. And I like, uh, I love that um, uh, it is evolving that way. It, it But it reminded me of a conversation I had with someone uh, who was, I think, an investment banker. And uh, he said that usually... They're, they go out and they wine and dine the clients, and quite often that's what makes a difference uh, between whether they get the, the account or not. Mm -hmm. But now, of course, they can't do that. And so they're, uh, it's very much dependent on, on a results-based system, whereas before it's like, okay, well, you know, I can earn a little bit more with this one, but this, these guys took better care of me personally, so I'll go with them. Whereas now uh, there is less of that I guess, person to person, you know, uh, human relationship, whilst you can connect online, you can't necessarily take someone out and wine and dine them in order to get their business. So it really is dependent on having an incredible product or an incredible service. And uh, I think that's where a lot of the entrepreneurs are, are coming in and showing their true worth uh, by, you know, by, uh, uh, yeah, uh, doing exactly that. Well said. Well said, Mr. Nelson. Um, I hate to be the bearer of bad news, but we're, uh, we can go on and on with these two wonderful people. Um, just want to thank you from the bottom of our hearts from the Mark and Rove team, uh, George and John. Thank you so much for your time. Uh, let us know. How can we get a hold of you if we uh, want to yeah. uh, follow you guys? Uh, please tell us how we can do that in regards to social media and 
John, I'm sorry, I spilled the beans, but when does your book come out? George, go ahead, you first. Okay, so um, I guess people can follow me on social media. My Instagram is George Carlos, but for Fetch, it's Fetch Naturals on Instagram and on Facebook. Um, that's also our website, fetchnaturals.com. Um, people feel free. If you have more questions, I'm more than happy. Just send me a message through LinkedIn, through my Instagram. I'll try my best. I usually answer not right away sometimes, but I always try to get through all the messages. So yeah, that's how you can reach me. Excellent. Awesome. Thank you. And John? Yep. So people can watch the final pitch. Uh, right now we're on season break, but you can check out our past seasons at thefinalpitch.ph. And um, I'm also launching a new podcast in my very first guest is this wonderful looking gentleman over here, Mr. Revilson Fernandez. The podcast <laughs> is called Methods to Greatness. It is um, in a lot of ways similar to if you know Tim Ferriss, like the Tim Ferriss show. It's something like yes. that where I'll be interviewing, uh, in this case, Asia's icons, billionaires, world-class performers. So um, I'm really excited because uh, we're launching that in a couple of weeks. And um, as Revilson also said, um, it will be um, a future book uh, because um, uh, a major publishing company just um, uh, offered to publish it internationally. So it's going to be. Uh, Congratulations. Uh, That's amazing. There. Thank you. Thank you, George. Awesome. Be, uh, mm -hmm. uh, an amalgamation of Asia's best, uh, whether they're Asians, whether they're of Asian descent. <clears throat> I'll be interviewing um, um, the people that you need to read about and, and know. So hopefully we will uh, spread the gospel of exactly the kind of um, uh, really great Asian, um, uh, I guess, icons that we have now um, who are scattered all, all around the world and, 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 and making us proud. So, uh, so there, that, that's, um, that's Methods to Greatness. Uh, we'll be making our announcements soon. You can also check uh, us out on social media, uh, John Aguilar, and um, also... Uh, that's it. And, and our other show, uh, Philippine Realty TV, uh, on CNN Philippines as well, making uh, our debut on our 18th season this coming November. So I hope you also catch that. Awesome. Thank you guys both so, so much for joining us. It has been an education. Uh, George, you can actually say that you have given a decent education now. Uh, <laughs> to and I and our viewers. A bit so, late, but better late than never, right? So thank late, you for yeah. the opportunity. <laughs> None of us three here hopefully will be homeless. Thank you, George. <laughs> thank you all to guys. And, and I just, <laughs> no, really, thank you as well. And I just want to thank you, John. Um, the reason why I'm on this book, Methods of Greatness, because I am a billion in debt. So I will tell you how to avoid that. So that's yeah, why it reminds me. When are you going to pay up? <laughs> oh, man. Love you guys. We appreciate you. This has been an awesome show. Thank you so much for being on here. Really. We got to do this again. Super. Yeah, definitely. Thank you guys so much. Thank you for having All us. Right. Thank you for having us. Send some of that shampoo over, George. <laughs> sure, we'll do. <laughs> and we're back. Dum, da, da, da. That was an awesome episode. We just want to thank uh, our wonderful guests, uh, John and George, for joining us and uh, teaching us uh, some of the tricks, the tools, um, the inspirations, the uh, methodology and mindset of uh, being a successful entrepreneur, something that uh, Revilson and I uh, hope to put into use uh, one day in the future to have more successful businesses. Um, 
And uh, just want to remind everyone that next week uh, we have another awesome episode and it is very, very uh, timely for our current situation. And it is all about backyard farming and sustainability post-crisis. Isn't that right, Mr. Fernandez? I am so excited for that. But yeah, I, uh, just writing off your thanks, I'd, I'd also like to thank uh, everybody who tuned in this far. We hope you learned something new. Uh, we certainly did as well. Um, again, thank you for chiming in with your comments and your suggestions. And, uh, you know, we really try to get to them as much as we can during the show. But um, uh, let us know how we're doing with the show as well. We're two episodes in. This is your show. Uh, we we put this out to help you lead better lives, to help us lead better lives, to inform us, all of us as much as possible, because, you know, knowledge is king. So, um, yeah, next week's episode, I'm definitely looking forward to it. I'm personally a plantito myself. Mark, you're getting into plant plantito yep. as well. So uh, this is going to be great. And we have a wonderful guest. We're just killing it with the guests. I'm, I'm yeah, so proud are. of our team for getting these, these people on board and, um, uh, yeah, so we're, we're uh, going to let you know who it is eventually during the week, but tune in to all our social media outlets as well, and uh, we'll keep you posted there. So, Nelson, thank you, man. We uh, made a lot of new friends. Yes, we did indeed. And thank you very much, Mr. Fernandez. This has been another awesome episode uh, of Mark and Rove. What do we need? We need new business ideas. Yeah, we do need that. Uh, and new friends. Thanks, guys. Adios. Right. <laughs>